This podcast is sponsored by Aurora Packaging Solutions, a global packaging solutions provider leading the transition to a more sustainably packaged future. They specialize in developing packaging and visual communication solutions that reduce the impact on the environment and bring sustainability goals to life. With a focus on partnership and service, they create a custom solution for your business. To learn more, please visit www.ororapackaging.com. Welcome to Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors. Today's guest is my friend, Mr. Derek Nave. He's a sales partner and packaging specialist at Associated Packaging. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited, Corey. Oh man, it's my honor. We've we've been uh, communicating a long time on LinkedIn, and you've recently started your own podcast, which we'll talk about later. Yep. But tell us about your background. How'd you get into this wild world of uh, packaging? So I don't have some cool story about me, like <laughs> multiple generations of like my family being in packaging. Yeah, I literally graduated from college. I still had no idea what I wanted to get into. Met a guy at the gym and we had started having a conversation. We built some relationship and he was just like, Hey, have you ever thought about getting into sales? And honestly, I'd never thought about it at that point. When I thought of sales, it kind of like scared me a little bit. I thought about a used car sales. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't ever want to do that. Yeah. But he's like, no, no. He's like, what do you think about doing B2B, you know, like selling toilet paper? And I kind of laughed. I'm like, selling toilet paper. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so that company was a distributor out of Knoxville and their, their primary business was janitorial business. So I went through the process, got on with them and uh, sold toilet paper for a couple of years. Well, in that transition, I got my feet wet and realized that we actually, so the company was probably about, I don't know, 75, I might be wrong, 75, 80% is what we did was janitorial stuff, cleaners, uh, trash can liners, chemicals, paper towels, stuff like that. But at some point in time, we had purchased, acquired a small packaging company in the area. So we started selling, you know, stretch film tapes and stuff like that. So that's when I kind of got introduced into the packaging items. And from that point forward, I kind of put my focus more. I just enjoyed that process working with manufacturers and it was just different. So I kind of fell in love with that. Was at Kelsen for probably about two years in the packaging segment. And I wanted to kind of dive into it a little bit deeper. So again, we kind of just dabbled in it there. So I started kind of looking at opportunities in the area for other distributors that was packaging is all they did. So got connected with Associated Packaging. I love the way that their their program works. So I jumped on with Associated Packaging about five and a half years ago and not looked back since, but I love, it's so funny. The package world is so big, but yet it's so small. You know, once, once people get into the packaging in any segment, it's so funny. They might transition from one company to the next, but literally they, they never leave the industry. And I think that goes to show you how awesome our industry is on all segments. I mean, from the, the vendor manufacturer side to the distribution side to the end user, which is you know, manufacturing, distribution, e-commerce, just the, the people and the people you get to meet and connect with is just, it makes it awesome. I love it. I agree hundred percent. And a lot of people don't understand that, or they don't know that packaging companies often sell or provide janitorial uh, supplies because it's a consumable, it's an easy add-on you know, oh, hey, you're buying a pallet of boxes here. Here's a case of a toilet paper and here's a case of whatever the, the item might be in the Jansen segment. Yeah. So that's always been one of my least knowledgeable areas, but it's all it's I'll never forget. I had a customer run out of toilet paper one time. I'll never do that again. 
<laughs> it's, it's out of sight, out of mind until you run out. And then it's like That's the it. most important thing ever. So uh, I yeah, had absolutely. an executive vice president from the company call me and say, don't ever let that happen no. again. <laughs> I said, yep. Yes, no. sir. Yeah. <laughs> we could, you know, when, when people ask me, you know, can we source it? Yeah. But mm-hmm. I tried to at, at all efforts say, hey, you know, thanks for thinking of me. Unfortunately, this is not really something I'm comfortable with. And I'll yep. point them to somebody that can. So uh, sure. I try to stick away, uh, stay away as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> too, too much pressure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so what, what's your, what's your favorite part of the, the packaging world? What's your the favorite part of your job? It's probably my favorite question. And I kind of yeah. touched on it there at the end. So it's, for me, it's all about the people, you know, yeah, I kind of fell into this and do I love packaging? I do, but I think the reason I love it so much is the people that I get to connect with. And I think that's what it's all about at the end of the day. You know, I'm five and a half years into it, but you know, it's, it's connecting with people on an intimate level. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, like, oh, you're selling packaging supplies, but those relationships, and I mean it from my suppliers, my vendors, to, to me, to my end users, my customers, and then, you know, even my API family. But at the end of the day, those relationships and connections that you create as you're doing business and helping people out and bringing value, that right there is what brings me the most pleasure. And I think that's why I love what I do. I mean, don't get me wrong. I share all the time on you know social media. I mean, I do love packaging. I love you know being in plants and helping people out. But if it wasn't for the people and and having you know all that kind of stuff down the road, I mean, it just wouldn't mean as much. And I hope one day, you know, I don't think at one point in time, you know, 25 years from now, people are going to look back and be like, oh yeah, he, you know, helped me here with stretch film or, oh, he sold me that or how much business you did or this or that. I think it's going to be looking back on what kind of legacy and impact you had on people. And they're going to remember how you made them feel. And uh, those intimate moments, I mean, stuff that I have going on right now with my family, we're, we're growing. I got a daughter that's getting ready to be here in about seven weeks. So uh, daughter number three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and being able to share that stuff with the people I connect, I work with about 65 different people or sorry, customers, but I've got five to 10 different connections within those that, I mean, we text, we talk, and it's more than just business. Yeah. And, and those relationships, I mean, truly bring so much joy to my life and just make me love doing what I do. And I'm, I'm so happy that packaging, you know, allows me to do that. So that was a little long winded, but. Oh man, I love it. It's, it's what it's all about. So I'd let you yeah. talk about that the whole show if you want. It's uh, <laughs> we're, we're building relationships with amazing people and partnerships and friendships that will last a lifetime. Yep. And a lot of, if, if you're looking at sales that where you're solving problems for people and you're more important, more focused on the relationship than the uh, profit margin, then mm-hmm. you're going to have a great career. And uh, I'm so excited for you because uh, you're just getting started. And oh, yeah, it just absolutely. keeps going from here. Like you said, most people don't leave the industry. I'm celebrating my 20th anniversary with Landsberg awesome. I love uh, it. In, in May. So I can't, I can't wait for that. But That's so awesome. I love it. And uh, let's see, you're... You posted about stretch film. I want to talk yep. about this because this is where the sustainability comes in. This is a topic I haven't covered at all on this podcast. And this is episode like 83. Oh, wow. Uh, so you posted the, the about, pressure's on. <laughs> oh man, you're you're the guy. you you gotta you gotta bring it home for everybody because this yeah. is something that a lot of people don't understand with packaging is automation equipment can make you more sustainable mm-hmm. and and save you money, even though there's an upfront cost. 
Can you talk about stretch film and automating that and why that's sustainable? No, absolutely. And, and stretch film for me is, I, I guess, why I have that passion for stretch film. It's kind of cliche, but when I first started in the packaging, that was one of the first items I got trained on. So I was with Paragon Films. Shout out to Carla Thorne. She pretty <laughs> much everything I know about stretch film was was from her. But that's what I first got trained on. And I guess once you start learning more about products and you become more confident, it, it kind of makes it that much more fun to sell because you actually you're a little bit more knowledgeable about it. Now, again, I'm in distribution, so I'm not as knowledgeable as those manufacturing reps. I mean, I still you rely heavily on my stretch film manufacturers, but, um, so stretch film, a lot of people think, you know, a stretch film, like, Oh, it's, it's, it's a film. Like you can't be sustainable. We can't be more sustainable with film. Um, but looking at it from a different angle, and this is how I look at it is if you're trying to, you know, maybe you do have to use film to protect your palate. we got to use stretch film. And I know some things are in the, in the works with other options, but with stretch film, it's not, it's more about, reducing the overall footprint of how much material you're using in way. So it, it's really simple. I don't want to make it more complicated. It's basically using less film per pallet, but also not jeopardizing your containment. So with stretch film, my main point when I have a conversation is we want to make sure that we're protecting your product, which comes down to containment. So we want to make sure that it's within industry standards and we're protecting your product from point A to point B, point B to point C, and preventing load failures. But back on the less film per pallet. So a lot of people, if they're using stretch film, uh, a lot of people think stretch film is just stretch film. Um, But all films are not created equal. So once you start diving into it and and getting into different manufacturing, distribution, e-commerce, stretch film is just one of those items, just people order and they order what they've always ordered. And when you start diving into it and build that relationship and they allow you to start asking questions, you come to find out, Oh, you know, why are you using that gauge? Why are you using this? Why? Mm -hmm. And honestly, a lot of times they have that response where, well, that's what we've always done. So for example, if, you know, a lot of people still using more of a conventional, you know, 70, 80, 90, and I still even see today in this market, some hundred, 110 gauge films. And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying there's not a time and place for that, but when you get into that, some of those people that are wrapping their pallets might be using over a pound of film, 14 ounces of film. So what, you know, over the last five, 10 years, especially, there's been a lot of improvements in the manufacturing process with bringing out engineered films. Yeah. And what that allows us to do is, is combat these higher conventional films with a lower gauge film. For example, let's just throw out 63 gauge high performance films. So a lot of times we can come in situations if somebody's using a 90 gauge film, wrapping their palette, X amount of revolutions. And let's say we are using a pound of film. Well, we might be able to bring that same, same width but bring a 63 gauge film in, be able to wrap that same pallet. Now we might have to, you know, make some adjustment changes as far as the equipment settings go, but <laughs> there's a lot of, var- a lot of people think you just wrap it, but there's really, when you get into automation equipment, there's a lot of different variables as far as turntable speed or rotor tower speed, speed up, carriage down speed, tension, all that kind of stuff, pre-stretch rollers. But we could wrap that same pallet with the 63 maintain containment or possibly even improve containment, forced to load, and then reduce their amount of film per pallet from, let's say, a pound of film or 14 ounces of film down to maybe eight or 10 ounces of film, which doesn't seem like a lot. But if you have a plant that's wrapping you know, over 200 loads a day or 300 loads a day over the course of a week or a month or a year, from a sustainability standpoint, you're reducing your overall carbon footprint of film used throughout the year. So Yeah, you're still using film, you're still wrapping your pallets, you're still, you know, all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, 
you know, you are being more sustainable when it comes to stretch film. So I know I kind of was all over the place with that, but it, and a lot of, again, it, it goes back to just education. You know, a lot of people, again, are stuck on just, we use what we always use. So if you, if you come in from an educate and educate your customer on, you know, these details and, you know, go through that little initial evaluation and testing, usually there's always ways that you can be more sustainable and help these customers out. Absolutely. And it's an, it's a dramatic impact on not only their sustainability, but their bottom, all every ounce of film saved is, is money saved. And I've seen that ROI on a stretch wrap machine is as quick as six months. Oh yeah. Six Uh, months a year. (laughs) It's just like, wow. Yeah. So you spend that, you know, 10, 12 grand or, or what, uh, the machines are coming down in cost too, which is really yeah. interesting. No, and I didn't touch on that. And I'm glad you did. Yeah. You know, there's still a lot of people out there using hand film. And, yeah. and I'm not saying sometimes there's areas where you, you know, if there's a plant where you're stretch wrap or you're having to hand wrap pallets at 40 different stations, you know, right off the bat, maybe a company can't go in and have that capital expenditure to, to bring in 40 stretch wrappers, but maybe right. they can do it over time. But, you know, People don't understand with hand film, it's like, oh, well, it's a lot cheaper, you know, the film costs, all this kind of stuff. But when you're wrapping those pallets, you know, shift one versus shift two, or even the same person wrapping at eight o'clock in the morning is wrapping those pallets a lot different. So the inconsistency right. with containment, you know, which could cause load failures or even the consistency of, do you know what your true cost is per pallet with stretch film? You know, one person might be wrapping and doing 36 revolutions and using a pound and a half or two pounds of hand film where somebody else might be using, you know, eight ounces of hand film. So right. there's all those variables, but you're, you're, you're spot on. I mean, I mean, over the last even three or four years, the amount of stretch wrappers that I see going out in the field is, which, which is awesome. We love seeing that, but yeah, sorry. You struck no, the chord it. with me. A lot of people are, like you said, are using hand film, which is, which is okay. You can do it, it uh, successfully. There's something called pre-stretch film, which is uh, a great alternative to a a machine because people, even your strongest warehouse worker probably can't pull 300% neck down on stretch film to to get you that load containment. But in my opinion, the biggest issue there with, with hand film, other than the time and the labor that it takes, is the danger. It is a huge safety issue. Everybody I worked walking a, backwards around yeah. the pallet and tripping I over something. In a warehouse. I got tired yeah. of getting dizzy yeah. and had almost fallen several times. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's very common to see those kind of injuries. Yeah. If Not you, get, if you it, get safety involved, I mean, yeah. if that one injury would basically justify bringing in a stretch wrapper. Uh, right. So, I mean, if you can talking to the right people, you can definitely get one of those approved and, uh, yeah. you know, bring it in the plant. So, no, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Do you totally. miss uh, stretch wrapping pallets? <laughs> I don't. I, I saw a video on TikTok. You know, I'm on TikTok. Oh, yeah. And there was a guy who was wrapping a pallet of uh, using a one wheel. Have you seen those? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It did not look very safe, but it looked like a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, yeah. I, I tell you what, I've not, I've not ever worked in a plant doing it as a job, but there was a customer where we installed a stretch wrapper. So their line was down because we were, bringing one out, putting a new one in. So I offered, my tech was setting it up and I'm like, Hey, I'll be your guy, you know? So in still in this account, this is like five years into it. Like a lot of the techs in there, I'm still, I'm rapper boy. So I actually wrap <laughs> pallets one full day. And I, it, it made me have a lot more respect for the people that actually do that day. And I mean, I had blisters on my hand. They didn't have any like hand savers. 
Yep. And uh, so I was very thankful, you know, at that point for people investing in, in stretch wrappers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a surprise. It's kind of counterintuitive to think you spend money to save money, but yeah. that automation equipment is, is a lifesaver. Yeah. Anything else in the packaging industry that you've really focused on in regards to sustainability or is this uh, the stretch film kind of your niche? Yeah. I mean, stretch film's kind of like, I guess, one of my primary items. I mean, if people looked at my overall book of business, they'd be like, man, you know, I talk about sustainability and it is important and stuff like that. But a lot of the items that I do sell, I mean, they're resin based, but I am always trying to focus on, you know, if it makes sense, trying to get them into more sustainable products. I'm trying to educate or like I said, with this, uh, a lot of times I'm just trying to help reduce overall carbon footprint. You know, some applications with some of my customers, no matter how much you try to educate, no matter how much you try to convince them, you know, paper, all this kind of stuff, they, they're just kind of set in their ways and they're going to use what they want to use. But another one, I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit with stretch wrappers, but this, I guess this last two or three years, I mean, automation's been a, a thing, but the amount of growth in automation, and I guess I'm just speaking from associated and from my point of view, automation it's, it's growing like crazy. I mean, I feel like if you're not willing to automate in areas that you can, eventually your competitors, um, you're going to get left in the dust. I mean, people are automating left and right. And especially right now, I'm, I'm speaking from my territory and I think it's like this everywhere, but I mean, the labor shortage and finding people to work, the plants this last year or two have been forced to automate, which is a good thing. And, and, you know, a lot of people in plants, they think automation, oh, well, that's just replacing people. And it's really not all my people, all my customers, need those people in so many different areas. And now it's right. allowing them to kind of move forward, make better products, provide better service. And they're actually able to get those people in the positions that they need to be in with automation. So, I mean, my focus this last couple of years is trying to help people automate wherever they can. So it's a, it's a big topic right now. Yes. And absolutely with the, the uh, national and global labor yeah. shortage, people absolutely need to replace the quote unquote easy or or repetitive, repetitive yeah. tasks yeah. with with a machine to me that you're exactly right we're not replacing people we're we're saving companies because oftentimes they literally can't find yeah. enough employees to work i agree we're with saving you. companies and creating more jobs and keeping stuff you know manufactured yeah. in the us which is you know obviously exciting for us so automation's yeah. where it's at you got to be doing it yes so you have a podcast. Yes. <laughs> you you are one of my packaging podcast fellow yeah. uh, brothers. And uh, we're all excited and, and sisters. There's there's so many really great podcasts, but yours is risen through the ranks quickly. You're currently number six, I believe, in, oh, in the man, packaging awesome. space, which is incredible. I'm excited. Uh, and it's just been a few months. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, so it's uh so it's the packaging show. I put it off for quite some time. I'm a very introverted person. I I had planned on doing it, <laughs> planned on doing it, kept putting it off and finally with enough uh, conversations with Adam Peak, he finally encouraged me <laughs> enough to just say, "Hey, just do it." Yeah. So I finally jumped in and and sometimes and you know, obviously this it's not my my sole business, but sometimes in order to grow, uh, you got to put yourself in uncom- uncomfortable situations and and that's exactly yes. what I so I kind of stepped outside my comfort zone. And I started about, I guess, five, six months ago. I did kind of scale it back from the get-go. I always figured, you know, I can I can always add more. So I, I think I took that advice from you. So right now it's every <laughs> other week or every other Monday. But my I basically bring on, so being a distributor rep, it is so hard. You know, like you guys, I feel like you have your little niche where you guys are in. Being distributor, I mean, I have almost 300 vendors that I work with. And it's really hard 
even though I talk about stretch film a lot, it's hard to be a, uh, an expert in all those fields. So I know a little bit about everything. Um, but I thought it'd be really cool to have my vendor reps on and suppliers on, you know, the experts of those particular vendors that I work with and basically bring them on. And we kind of dive into a specific topic and hopefully it's educational that we can share out in the market. But I feel like podcasts are one of the the easiest ways to just consume content. I mean, you and I probably do it. I'm sure now you probably listen to a lot of podcasts since you're on, but you're listening to these day in and day out as you're driving from account to account or in the gym. And I was just hoping to provide some additional value to my customers and anybody that wants to listen, but it's been a fun journey and I hope to continue doing it and be successful. <laughs> well, keep up the good work. It's We need more packaging podcasts. It's a fascinating world of packaging. It's I always say it's the biggest industry nobody thinks about unless, yeah, unless, so you're, unless you're in unless the industry. You're in it. <laughs> yeah. Then you always think about it and like like you probably, my wife won't take me shopping. <laughs> Stopping but, down every aisle looking at stuff. Oh, oh I yeah. just love it. I'm fascinated by all the brilliant minds in our, in our field, but yeah. Sorry. I was going to say it takes over a lot of conversations at the dinner table, a lot of conversations <laughs> driving on the road. I feel like my wife knows everybody I work with, what I do, what we're working on. I mean, yeah. love her heart. She's my biggest supporter. So thank you yeah. to Kayla, but sorry, I had to throw that in there. It's a, oh, it's a conversation to. all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, we need our support as, as salespeople. It's very difficult and can be very lonely. Uh, uh, yes. You know, you just feel like you're out on your own doing it, but then when you have a supportive spouse, it's just it makes it all worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how do people get in touch with you, Derek? So obviously LinkedIn, and I'm sure you'll put that in the show notes on my LinkedIn handle. And then I got a, a personal website. Uh, it's www.dericknave.me. So .me. And that pretty much takes you to my personal website, which has a link to uh, my podcast, which will take you to my podcast page. Uh, you can book a call with me. And I think it also has my LinkedIn handle on there as well. So that's the best way. Excellent. I'd like to thank Landsberg Aurora for sponsoring this podcast. What an amazing group of people they are. And if you're listening, please take a second to rate the show and subscribe so you don't miss the next episodes. Thank you again. Thank you, Corey. This episode is sponsored by SpecRite, the first purpose-built platform for specification management. So much has changed when it comes to packaging, and there's a new book to help you stay ahead of the curve. The Evolution of Products and Packaging, written by longtime packaging executive, Mr. Matthew Wright helps you unpack industry trends and explains how you can use data to drive packaging, innovation, and sustainability. Download your free copy today at specright.com backslash book. That's S-P-E-C-R-I-G-H-T dot com backslash book.